Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. I'm so pleased to introduce you today to a wonderful singer-songwriter you may never have heard of, Kirsten Manville. Kirsten did music in Nashville for about six years, is from and back home to the Boston area of Massachusetts, and she hasn't yet toured widely. She's released three CDs as part of her Kirsten and Dave duo, and three solo CDs, and there's much more to come. With old-time classical folk and rock influences, country music is perhaps closest to her heart. Let's all say thanks to Andrew Jansen for production assistance on today's program. Also, remember to listen on northernspiritradio.org to several bonus excerpts from the interview that I couldn't fit in the broadcast version of this show. Dance, sing, and open your heart a bit more as Kirsten Manville joins us via Zoom from the Boston area. Kirsten, I'm delighted to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Thank you, Mark. I'm delighted to be here. I'm looking forward to our discussion. I'm a little bit unclear. Are you actually in Boston or are you in Cambridge or are you, where are you specifically? Right at this moment, I'm at my home in Wakefield, Mass. It is about 12 miles north of Boston. I know you grew up somewhere near Boston, but did you actually grow up in city or small town? What was your environment? I grew up in a suburban town, not far from here, Reading, Mass. Again, very suburban. I think the population when I was growing up in Reading was 22,000, but had enough of a small town feel. And that's where, you know, I did all my music lessons and I played sports and went to the public schools there and everything. So I guess you would call it a pretty stereotypical suburban upbringing. You played sports. Come on, tell me. I want to know. I played soccer and basketball. And basketball, are you tall? I'm 5'6", and when I was in middle school and high school, I grew pretty fast. So at the time, I was tall. By the time I got to be a senior in high school, I was not the tallest anymore. <laughs> they, moved, they actually moved me from forward to guard because <laughs> people had grown taller than I was. But yeah, for a little while, I was tall. <laughs> Well, one of the reasons I was asking about the environment, uh, the size of the towns, a couple of your songs made me think that you had some taste or some flavor of small town, or maybe you're just imaging, you know, you have in your imagination what a small town is like. I actually grew up in small towns, and I actually live in the country outside of a town of 60,000. So where I live, it's very much, you know, your neighbors kind of thing. Have you actually had the experience? Not in the sense of, an actual small town, you know, a town of 3,300, something like that. But Reading was enough of a small town or had enough of a small town feel that it seemed like every time I went to the grocery store, there was someone I knew. If I was out and about, I ran into someone I knew. So there was that type of feel. I think that it's kind of a, I don't want to say it's a sleepy little town. That Sleepy might be too strong, but it kind of has that more quiet, family-oriented type of feel to it. 
So I think that's where it comes from. And I think a lot of it, like you said, was just sort of having the image of a small town and, and listening to other songs about small towns, that kind of thing. What do you aspire to? Or maybe you're in the perfect place in a suburban town. I love where I live, actually. It's a nice combination of kind of that small town feel, the suburban town feel, where I do know my neighbors and I have my places that I go, my favorite shops and local businesses and that kind of thing. But I do love being near the city. I love that it doesn't take me a half hour to get into the city, if that. And I can go and experience the museums and the shows and the sporting events, you know, what have you. And the restaurants. And the restaurants. Yeah, I haven't done much of that with the <laughs> pandemic. I'm getting, getting back into that a little bit, but yes. Well, let's talk about Kirsten Manville and music. You went to school for music, and I understand you were a flautist. Or I've seen all kinds of videos of you playing your guitar and singing wonderfully, but I have not seen videos of you using your flute. Why is that? Are you, is this just a well-kept secret or what? <laughs> They do, in fact, exist, but I play flute mostly when I play with the duo that I have, the Kirsten and Dave duo, because we do a lot of cover songs. We do originals too, but we do a lot of cover songs and play farmer's markets and restaurants and bars and that kind of thing. So when I'm playing with Dave and he's kind of got the guitar to anchor us, that's when I do a lot of my flute playing. So they do. So if you were to look up Kirsten Manville and Dave Simmons, a lot of flute playing would come up. But I haven't figured out yet how to play the flute and the guitar at the same time. <laughs> folk music is what i would call you americana blues did you grow up as a folk aficionado i grew up with a real mixture of things my maternal grandfather was a musician and he actually put himself through medical school by playing in big bands he played clarinet and saxophone as well as some organ so he was always trying to get me to learn the kind of old time music that he would play, the kind of classic music that he would play. And then I was taking music lessons. So that was more classically based. And then my parents really loved folk music. And so they would have, you know, Peter, Paul, Mary playing and Gordon Lightfoot playing. And my dad loved Judy Collins. And then I really fell in love with country music when I was about eight years old. So I started listening to country music on my own. So I just had all this huge mixture of things. And in the meantime, my brother, who's a year younger than I am, got into more classic rock. And so, you know, I'd be in my room listening to Barbara Mandrell and he'd be in his room with Aerosmith blasting. So I got, <laughs> I got a little of that, too. <laughs> Well, let's get started with your song of the soul, where we're going. What do you want to start out with? Let's start with Some People Sing. Wow, you're starting big here. <laughs> I don't know if this is your number one song or not, but I can imagine it would be. I mean, it's got such power to it. It touches the heart in special ways, and it touches the human condition in a really deep way. Where does it come from? As so often happens, I was trying to write one song, which was kind of about like you talk about the human condition and kind of just about making it through day by day. And when I was in the middle of that, I was driving to meet my friend Carolyn for coffee. And I was just trying to think through that song. I thought, you know, how do people deal with things? I thought, well, some, you know, some people pray. And then I said, some people sing thinking of myself. And then I thought, Oh, <laughs> that sounds like that could work in a song. And I got to the coffee shop and I wrote that down before I went in to meet her it's a way to process things and a way to make it through life intact. 
you know, an escape, a way to relate to other people, all those things. That's where it came from. So you mentioned the pray and the sing, the drink in the middle, though. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually not a big drinker, but I do know that some people drink. <laughs> some people come home and say, I need that glass of wine. <laughs> Or beer, as in the case, I, I do live in Wisconsin, and I'm the odd person that I'm a teetotaler in this state. That makes me a really strange and lonely person. No, I'm not lonely at all. There are many wonderful people. But anyway, we're going to listen to just an incredible, I mean, Kirsten Manville is starting us off with a dynamite song, really something that touches deeply for me, and I think for many people. It's called Some People Sing. Looking for melodies that we and words that rhyme. I'm looking for reasons to believe it'll all make sense in time. We all have our ways to make it through our days, no matter what they bring. Some people drink 
quite fortunate to have Kirsten Manville here today for Song of the Soul. Her website, kirstenmanville.com. Any questions about spelling, come via northernspiritradio.org. That is the title track of her second solo album she released, Some People Sing. I was wondering if you've ever performed at First Church Cambridge. And if you did, did you perform that song? I have a feeling that there's people in churches could have a very strange reaction to that line. <laughs> I have not performed that at First Church. I have performed that at a church. I performed it at a, <laughs> to go in a completely different direction with churches. I performed that at a spiritualist church right before the pandemic. They seem to like it, but I agree with you. I think, you know, and I, and I will say for myself, I do pray and I sing. <laughs> so <laughs> I understand the, where the line is that, you know, some people do one thing and some people do another thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they would say. In there, you've got the lines about, you know, lines on my face, the gray in my hair, age with grace. Right now, as I watch you via Zoom, gratefully, I see a beautiful, shining person. And I think for stage performance, that really helps. But lines and gray hair don't hurt, in my opinion. A frown hurts. Do you smile this much normally? Yes. (laughs) Everyone always says that about me. (laughs) Well, it's a blessing to everybody around you that you do. Let's go on to another song right away, because there's riches of your music. I think you've got three solo CDs that you've released, and then there was at least, I think, three that you released with Dave. Is that right? So the ones you released with him were in, what, 2006, 2009, and 2012. And then as of, I think it was 2013, you released your first, Come With Me. So finally, you get to three on your own. Was this a building up of confidence or repertoire or what was that? In a nutshell, it was me turning 40 and thinking about what I really wanted. I love playing with Dave. As we mentioned earlier, I still play with Dave. He is older than I am. He's in his 60s. And at that time, I went to him and I said, I really want to be more serious with this. How are you feeling about it? And he was perfectly content to be doing what we were doing, which was a lot. I mean, we were and still are pretty busy, but just kind of in this area, this greater Boston area. And he was also getting more into working sound at that time, like technical things. And he now he does sound for plays and theater and all of that. I said to him, I want to pursue this. How do you feel about that? And he pretty much gave me his blessing. That's what happened. And we have talked about doing another record together, but he's been so busy with the other things that he's doing that he hasn't been doing a lot of writing of songs. So I certainly don't take that off the table, doing another record with him at some point, if the timing is right. But that's what it was. I kind of wanted to go deeper into what I was doing and travel a little more and try to make some more inroads in the Northeast. And he wanted to kind of just do what he was doing and pursue his new interests. So that's what happened. On the three recordings that you did with Dave, are your songs that you've written in there? Are you doing arrangements? How does that work out between the two of you? We didn't do a lot of writing together. There were a couple of songs we wrote together, but mostly I would bring songs and he would bring songs that he'd written and then we'd arrange them together. On each record, there's at least one or two covers because that's a lot of what we do in the type of venues we play. 
it's good to have covers as well as originals. So we would do our own arrangements of different cover songs. Well, as I was saying, I want to hear more of your music. I want to share that more with our listeners for Norton Spirit Radio, Song of the Soul. What's next? So Dave always teases me, actually, that I write a lot of songs about running away. I'll do Green Eyed Daisy because that's kind of along that same theme. I can't tell via the picture here what color your eyes are. What are they? They're hazel. Are you a wannabe Green Eyed Daisy is what I'm asking. (laughs) (laughs) No, that title actually came from, I was taking a walk along Charles Street in Boston and there's a little shop called Green Eyed Daisy, which I never even went into. I just passed it and saw the sign and and wrote down Green Eyed Daisy. And then some months later, started to write this song. I just liked (laughs) liked how it sounded. And I like my hazel eyes, so. (laughs) It's from her latest release, Blossom in the Sun. Here is Green Eyed Daisy.
Green-Eyed Daisy is the song. The album it was just released on last year was Blossom in the Sun. And I want to give a shout out right away to Lisa Gray, who connected me up with Kirsten Manville. How did you connect with Lisa, Kirsten? I met Lisa at the Northeast Regional Folk Alliance Conference probably Well, the last one I went to was 2019, but I probably met her maybe 2016. We have a mutual friend, Jackie, and Jackie introduced us. And I started working with Lisa in 2020 with her music business consulting and and everything. So yeah, in the lobby of the hotel at one of those, you know, you go to the conference and they have the the drinks and the hors d'oeuvres and you mingle. We mingled. (laughs) But she's wonderful. I've loved working with her. She is a wonderful person in my experience. I've never met her in person in lobby or elsewhere because she's out there and I'm here. But Green Eyed Daisy was the song. I am kind of amused, I think, for a Boston area person like yourself. I do know that for some five or six years or so, you lived in Nashville because you said at the age of eight, you got into country music (laughs) and Green Eyed Daisy has some of that country taste to it, but your accent isn't right. You don't twang. (laughs) (laughs) While you were living down there, did you try and twang your language? I didn't have to try. It happens <laughs> when you move down there. You just kind of roll into it. And my mom says that any song that I wrote while I was down there, I still have my twang. So, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. She, that was a few years ago that she said it. And I've been back for quite a long time, as you know. But yeah, I just started twanging, just being surrounded by and even now if i if i meet someone who lives in the south and you know they're up here visiting if they have a pretty thick accent i have to say to them if i start twanging this is why (laughs) (laughs) because i'm heading back to when i live there well another song would probably be appropriate right after i remind folks that they are listening to song of the soul which is a northern spirit radio production on the web our website is northernspiritradio.org with all 17 years of our guests so when you want to get to kirsten manville which is kirstenmanville.com if you don't know how to spell which is one of my big problems in this life on this earth just come by a northernspiritradio.org and track down all of my guests both for Spirit and Action, Song of the Soul, and leave a comment. Let us know what you think of our programs, make suggestions. Just let us know that you're out there listening. And you can also support us with a donation. That's how we work because we don't depend on corporations or government to fund us, but rather our listeners. I also want you to support the 45 or so community radio stations nationwide that carry our programs all over the U.S. and a number of them in Massachusetts, which is where Kirsten Manville is. So please support WUMB and all these other wonderful stations that are spread out across this country, bringing local music, bringing you something that isn't just the main pablum of the mainstream media. And they usually are running on a shoestring, so please support them with your hands and your wallet both. And right now, we're going to have Kirsten share another song. Let's do Breaking Me. Okay. Because of the luminosity of your smile, I don't think of you as a breakable person, but I'm not sure how that works within you. I I do know that outside we can look very different. So you asked me, I think before we started recording, if I'm married and the answer is yes, but I've only been married for a little over two years. So I had my share of heartbreak (laughs) in the time 
from becoming an adult to the time I, I met my husband. And I think also just the, the love of country music and the heartbreak songs. I, that's just something I've always loved to write, even when I'm not heartbroken. And I have had people say to me now that I'm married, you know, what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> No material. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember what it felt like. So yeah, I am a generally happy person, but I've had my sad times. And I think also writing the songs is a way that helps me process that sadness and be able to, you know, be a happy person again. Did you actually go through the process, you think, of, of shutting down? Because, you know, the song is about breaking you open in a good way of, of giving air and light to your heart, I think. Did you do that? Because, I again, the smile tells me no, but maybe that's just two years of smile. <laughs> maybe. I think in some sense, I don't know if I shut down as much as that you would think the character in the song has, but I certainly became quite content in being single. My now husband was very patient (laughs) with me and kind of, we took things very slow. So I think I never totally shut down as far as being just like not open to any romantic relationship, but I do think I was wary and I just thought, you know, is this just going to be another one that ends? So yeah, I think a little bit, like I said, probably not as much as the character in the song, but I think that was in there for sure. Well, let's listen to, it might be an exaggeration of Kirsten Manville's heart, but it certainly is an experience a lot of us have known, and she sings so eloquently of it in Breaking Me. It's also from her latest release, Blossom in the Sun. Here's Kirsten Manville. There's something here between us That wasn't there before seem to breathe when you reach for me I don't know where this will go but I'm trying not to run you're the first man to understand how to undo You're breaking 
I love the English language and some of the complexities and sometimes contradictions you find in any phrase. You do that in this song, Kirsten, breaking me and breaking me open, which you know, use the same words but have very different implications, one positive and negative. Are you broken open now? Are you different than two years ago? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think if you'd asked me, you know, would you be happy being married? Because I I loved being single. I have to say that I, I mean, I don't like necessarily miss it, but I I loved it. There were things about being single that I just thought were great. So if you said, you know, would you be happy being married? I'm not sure I would have answered with a resounding yes. But certainly if you ask me if I'm happy being married to Tim, the answer is a resounding yes. (laughs) So yeah, I think I'm much more broken open and yeah, which I, I think obviously is good, but I think too that I feel things a lot more deeply because of it, you know, just like with all the stuff that's happening in the world today and some of the horrible events and everything. I I also find that not only do I smile more, but I cry more too, because it's just kind of all right there at the surface. I'd love to talk more about this, but I think our listeners are telling me that I should get some more of your music out to them right away. Where should we go? Let's go to Jesus and me. Oh, hallelujah. I'm all for that. And we just talk about the fact that you're working at a church right now, a UCC church, but you grew up progressive Catholic. And Jesus, to those of us in Catholicism, I was raised Catholic. I've been Quaker for 40 plus years now. But Jesus has a different kind of role in Catholicism Because, you know, Mary's right up there, too, and so on, right? It's a different feel. Who's the Jesus that you relate to, that Kirsten grew up with or maybe relates to now or doesn't? It's interesting that you end with or doesn't, because I would say growing up, Jesus was not a huge... I mean, I was Catholic, so obviously he was part of it, but I always talked to God. I never really talked to Jesus, and I would say that that's still the same. Cut out the middleman. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And as far as Mary, you know, I always had an interest in the divine feminine as well. So, yeah, Jesus wasn't a hugely important figure to me in my spiritual path. This particular song came from my time in Nashville, which is a place where Jesus is a hugely important figure in a lot of people's spiritual paths. And I mean, it's the seat of the Southern Baptist Convention. And my boyfriend at that time was a Mennonite. And so he was very Jesus-centered. And just like one of the first things that when you talk to someone, when you met someone, when I was living in Nashville, a lot of times was, oh, where do you go to church? You know, that was just such a big part of everyone's life. And I've always felt like I was going against the grain because at that time, if I did go to church in, in Nashville, I went to a Catholic church. I mean, I think in the city of Nashville, there were three Catholic churches in the whole city. And here in my small town of Wakefield, there's three Catholic churches. <laughs> so I just, I felt a lot like I didn't really fit in. And I started the song in Nashville. I actually started the song in Nashville. It took me a long time to figure out where I wanted to go with it. And I finished it, obviously, years later up here. So I've done a lot of reading about the historical Jesus and sort of who, as much as anyone can know, is like who he was as a person. But as far as prayer or anything like that, he's more of a guide, I guess, you know, his teachings. But as far as a divine figure, I don't really think of him much that way. 
I specifically refer to myself often as either a universalist Christian or I would call myself a follower of Jesus. Certainly, that is the powerful spiritual truth that he conveyed is a great influence on me. But yeah, I have more problems with Jesus putting up in heaven. As a matter of fact, I think it's kind of heretical. But on the other hand, since I'm also, since I'm Quaker and I believe that all of us have God within us and have direct access to God, we're going to listen to the song, Jesus and Me. And for some people, it may be a stretch, but I think it's some of the wonderful, beautiful truth that Kirsten Manville conveys through her music. Here's Jesus and Me. Yeah. 
When Kirsten Manville was living in Nashville, she said she was going against the grain. The song Jesus in Me tells me that she's also a strong enough person to go against the grain and to do it with integrity that's in her heart. That is from her recording, Some People Sing. She's with us here today for Song of the Soul, and she lives in the Boston area. Did you take much crap from people because you weren't Jesus-y enough down there? You and you didn't say, here's my church, or you say, I go to this Catholic church. Is that an actual thing where you have consequences? You can't be a big success maybe in Nashville? No, I wouldn't go that far. I would say I took a little crap from people sometimes. (laughs) And sometimes it was subtle and sometimes it wasn't. I mean, for the most part, though, kind of like what you were just referencing as being a strong enough person, I I just wouldn't spend time with those people. You know, I would find people, I mean, even my Mennonite boyfriend who we disagreed theologically on a lot of things, I spent time with him because he treated me with respect and didn't give me a lot of crap. And his family was wonderful too. And sometimes it was just sort of, you'd say you go to a Catholic church and there was just this kind of shift, like a shift in the air. Oh, I have an appointment I got to get to. Right, (laughs) right. Yeah. But overall, I mean, and I will say too, I worked for the Nashville Symphony when I was there and I worked with people, the musicians in the symphony obviously were from all over, but also the staff was from all over too. So there was, in my day-to-day life, I was around people of all ilks and beliefs and, and that kind of thing. And folks, if you do go to kirstenmanville.com, you'll find her performing schedule. You'll see the time she's performing as Kirsten and Dave with her previous performing partner and those times when she's performing with her husband, Tim Foley, a number of times, but also with other folks too, like Mark Stepakoff and Grace Morrison and Folkopotamus. I love that name. That alone makes me feel like I have to interview them for Song of the Soul. Who's Folkopotamus? So Focopotamus, well, so the same person, Jackie, who introduced me to Lisa, Jackie's a fiddle player. She plays fiddle with me. She plays on the albums. She was playing with Focopotamus and she said to me, you know, a number of years ago now, she said to me, oh, and then I have this thing with Focopotamus. And I said, wait, what? Because I had the same question you did. I said, that is a fantastic name. Who is Focopotamus? They're a married couple, Penny Hart and Tony Trites, and they live a little bit north of here. They're lovely people and they have this sort of interesting, mellow sound to their songs. It's sometimes even a little bit dark. Penny especially writes beautiful songs. And I just think that that's the coolest name ever. Like, I'm upset that I didn't come up with the name Focopod. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it'd be wonderful if you would connect me up with them, Kirsten. Just send an email, introduce us, and we'll do this. This is often how my process of getting new guests because I can't come out to Boston area all the time, get to know everything there, but I would certainly love to get to know them. So please connect us up. Indeed, yes. And in the meantime, let's go on to another song by our special star for today, Kirsten Manville. Let's go to A Little Bit of Heaven. By the way, before I got on the air, I was talking with my wife. I shared with her the first verse, and I knew that she would love it because she hangs our clothes out, things online. Do you actually do that? Yes. The song actually happened because I was bringing in sheets and towels from the clothesline, and I started humming lines in my head about what I was doing. Like, oh, I love to hang my sheets and towels and it's just kind of the melody came, that's a little bit of heaven. And suddenly I was I was on my way. So that it's actually <laughs> inspired by hanging my clothes on the line. <laughs> 
And I think you're also a baker, a cook. If people go to kirstenmanville.blogspot.com, periodically you'll have recipes in there as well, a lentil stew or some sort that I noticed one of them. Did you want to invite me for supper is what I'm saying. <laughs> Absolutely. I love to cook. I'll have anyone over for supper. <laughs> I'll make the lentil stew even, <laughs> which is delicious, by the way. That recipe is really good. <laughs> Well, the song is a little bit of heaven, and Kirsten Manville finds it in a lot of places where some people forget to look, but she brings them out with her song, A Little Bit of Heaven. I hung our sheets out to dry On the backyard clothesline When we crawl in bed tonight We'll breathe summer and sweet sunshine that's a little bit of heaven That's a little bit of heaven right here Berries bubble in a flaky crust Topped with cream I just whipped up Sugar glaze melts on my tongue Each bite better than the last one that's a little bit of heaven That's a little bit of heaven right here They say paradise Is waiting on the other side But I say heaven's just you happy that you tuned in today for Song of the Soul so you could hear Kristen Manville, her songs like that one, A Little Bit of Heaven, have that essential ingredient that converts just words into poetry and to beauty. We're so lucky to have her here today. Her website, kirstenmanville.com. It is on northernspiritradio.org if you want to follow the link here. And I would say that if I were going to invite you for a meal here, it would probably be food from India. I've been a vegetarian since 1976. Going from traditional Wisconsin food to where I am now was a long journey. (laughs) (laughs) But eventually I ran into Indian food and I found out and I can do it just by my own imagination these days. And it's really fun cooking that way. I love Indian food. So sure, if if I'm ever (laughs) out that way, you might just get a knock on your door. 
Do you ever tour widely? I mean, is Tim up for this? Or maybe Dave? I don't know. I mean, it's a little bit easier when you can sleep in your own bed at night. I wouldn't say widely. I've done little Northeastern things, you know, like I'll go to New York and do a couple of things or I'll go up to Maine and do something, that kind of thing. I haven't done a full on gone for four weeks out in Idaho or something like that, partly because I do have a day job. So I have to plan around that. Besides hanging out clothes and cooking, one of the things that you seem to like to do is color. You've got a coloring book that you wrote about on your blog spot. But you also have a kind of unique something that is available, which is your lyric greeting cards. Yes. And I looked at a few of those and I was saying, wow, that's a wonderful idea. You've got the Some People Sing, like the first song. Yep. I'll hold your hand on the front porch swing. I mean, all of a sudden I just say all my Christmas gift ideas are, I mean, they're all obsolete because now I've got a better one <laughs> I can do. How did you come up with this? I, you said you're not an artist yourself, but... <laughs> I'm not an artist myself. My husband is. He paints and everything. But for these particular cards, a friend of mine, Anne-Marie, and a friend of hers have a graphic design business called Sunshine and Lemons, which is sadly is on hiatus right now during the pandemic. They kind of stopped. But I got this idea because I have been noticing myself and have heard other people say that, you know, people aren't buying CDs anymore because no one has a CD player to be able to play CDs. I mean, if you buy a new car, there's not a CD player. If you buy a computer, so a lot of people are streaming their music, but a lot of people still want to support a performing artist. So what kinds of things do you have that people can, the night of the show, buy to support you? And of course, there's t-shirts and mugs and that kind of thing. But I just was thinking about that one day, like, what could I make that would be different than the t-shirt and the mug? And it just popped into my head. But I love the way they came out. And sadly, they came out right before the pandemic as all the shows shut down. So it's it's just now that I'm able to kind of take them back out to shows and, and have people see them. And I do give a percentage of the proceeds of the cards to an organization called Girls Behind the Rock Show, which supports women in the music business, specifically women who are trying to do things that aren't traditionally thought of as women's jobs, like sound person or roadie or road manager, that kind of thing. So remember, folks, to go to kirstenmanville.com and check out the wonderful lyric greeting cards there. You can order them online as well as at the concert. And Kirsten, we've got time for one more song. How do we end up your song of the soul? I'm going to end it with There's a Band Tonight <laughs> with an energetic song. <laughs> did this originate while you were in Massachusetts or when you were in Nashville? It did. It originated in Massachusetts and it originated at the beginning of the pandemic because I finally was able to sit down and watch Ken Burns' country music from like start to finish, which I hadn't <laughs> really had time and I'd like seen snippets. There's one episode, I don't remember, it might be episode four, but don't quote me on that, which opens with kind of a shot of an old time venue. The sign outside says, come on in, there's a band tonight. And I thought, well, that just encapsulates it, right? And just come on in, there's a band, like, let's just have some fun, let your hair down and, and forget about your troubles for a while. So I actually wrote that song pretty quickly because I just sort of had it all in my head from that snapshot on the documentary. 
this song is a good one for people not looking at their phones. It's <laughs> being there for the music, the whole spirit and environment, the energy of a gathering of fine musicians like Kirsten Manville. This is the last song we'll be sharing, Kirsten. It's been just absolutely wonderful to spend time with you. I'm so glad that you've had the musical collaborations like you've had, still continuing with Dave and now with Tim, your husband, the fine music you do with other folks there the three recordings you released solo and the three that you released with dave the world's rife with possibilities and thank you for bringing them here today for song of the soul thank you so much for having me i've had a great time it's been wonderful to talk to you and i, I appreciate it very much thank you well, folks, there is a band here tonight, and that band is Kirsten Manville and Friends. I hope you enjoy this song, and we'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul. But in the meantime, there's a band tonight. Come on in, there's a band tonight. Ice cold beer and neon lights. Whatever's wrong, we'll make it right. Come on in, there's a band tonight.
The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.